Welcome to Episode 1 of the Chronic Faith Podcast, a Bible study for people living with chronic pain or illness. My name is Katie, and this podcast is an online small group where we can share our stories and encourage one another. With that in mind, be sure to join the Facebook group. The link's in the show notes. It's a place where we can continue the conversation throughout the week. Every episode will have a biblical devotional and a practical tip for living with chronic pain and illness. In season one, we're focusing on the healing miracles of Jesus. Whenever I want to dive deeper into a specific topic like healing, I always start with Jesus. What does he have to say about the topic? That is what is most important to me. The first healing miracle of Jesus is found in John 4, 43-54. It says this, At the end of the two days, Jesus went on to Galilee. He himself had said that a prophet is not honored in his own hometown. Yet the Galileans welcomed him, for they had been in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and had seen everything he did there. As he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official in nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son who was about to die. Jesus asked, Will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told him, Go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. While the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy had begun to get better, and they replied, Yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that that was the very time that Jesus had told him, Your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. Now this interaction with Jesus is brief, but there are important pieces that we can apply to our everyday lives. Now we don't know much about this boy. Maybe he was sick for a long time, or maybe this was a new illness. All we know is that he was very sick sick to the point of death. The, the father of the boy was a royal official, so he would have had access to all of the doctors and advancements possible at the time, but they weren't working. He needed someone with a different kind of authority. It's also noteworthy that the royal official could have sent somebody else to go get Jesus. He didn't need to go himself. Going himself shows a different level of respect to the authority of Jesus. When the father first asks Jesus to come and heal his son, Jesus responds with a question in verse 48. Jesus asks, Will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? To understand why Jesus asks asks this, we need to understand the context of this passage. What's led up to this event? Jesus had been in Cana previously. It's where he turned his water into wine, his first miracle. And after the wedding, Jesus went on to Jerusalem for the Passover. 
Jesus was doing signs and people were believing him, but he knew that it was more shallow in their belief. So when Jesus responds to the father's request with, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? It's a test of the royal officer's faith. Maybe you're in a spot right now with your chronic pain and faith where you haven't seen healing or even improvement, and you're doubting whether or not Jesus is real. It's, it's understandable. I've been there too, wondering why I put effort into going to another doctor or trying another treatment. And all I can really say to that is even the treatments that didn't work for me, I was still glad that I tried. Because half the battle with chronic pain feels like it's just showing up for the battle. Taking that next step of faith. Doing the next right thing for your health. But let's get back to the story though. Jesus asked the royal official the question, Will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? Instead of getting defensive, the royal official stays focused on his son and getting the help that his son needs. The royal official pleads with Jesus in verse 49 and says, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Did you catch that? He calls Jesus Lord. That's a big deal for the royal official to refer to someone other than the ruler as Lord or Master. Jesus then tells him, go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. It may not seem all that significant that the man just believed and then started home, but it was because most miraculous accounts in that time required for the miracle worker to be present. The fact that the royal official believed Jesus on his words alone was evidence of the faith that the royal official had in Jesus. So the royal official, the father, he heads, he starts heading back home, believing that his son was healed, but having no hard evidence of this healing. They didn't have phones or internet back then to validate what Jesus had said. The royal official had to take that one or two journey trip home to see if his trip was even worth it. Verse 51 picks up with the man on his way home and it says, While the man was on his way home, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy began to get better, and they replied, Yesterday afternoon, at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that that was the very time Jesus had told him, Your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. Did you catch how the royal official responded to the news that his son was alive and well? He didn't ask a question about the son. No, he asked when his son started feeling better. He was focused on the healer. He was focused on Jesus. He was focused on the healer and his words of healing. This healing and testimony led to him and his entire household believing in Jesus their household had experienced the healing power of the words of Jesus. From their testimony, we can apply this to our everyday life of focusing on the healer instead of the healing. It's easy to shift our focus onto the healing uh, and our chronic pain and our symptoms going away. We're, We're human. We don't like pain and the inconvenience and upheaval that it brings to our lives and the lives of people that we love. This is a lesson I've 
had to learn many times in my 22 plus years of chronic pain, the most recent being this past year. Over a year ago, I started a pretty intensive brain rehab program, which involved a series of treatments and then a home program. Then I started going after other chronic pains with a physical therapist and doctors. I was hitting every and any angle that I could. It was months of work, and I, I was seeing progress while at the same time seeing how much farther I had to go. And I was out to dinner with a friend who was going through cancer treatments herself, And she was sharing how her schedule was just all appointments and treatments and it it was consuming her thoughts and actions. She then shared how one day in prayer she realized that she was putting all of her focus on appointments and doctors and not on Christ. She was first filling her calendar with the appointments and neglecting her daily office time. The daily office is an intentional time set aside throughout the day for silence and scripture meditation. When she shifted her focus to putting the daily office on her calendar first and then adding the appointments, it corrected her focus. She was then focused on the healer and then the healing. As she shared this insight, it was like Holy Spirit was saying it to me anew. When I look at my week, I try to intentionally shift my focus to the healer. When will I spend time with him? studying the Bible, worshiping, in prayer, and in community with other believers. The idea of focusing on the healer instead of the healing, I mean, it's an easy thing to say, but it's difficult to do. And that's where the community that we have around us is important. If we're not surrounded with people who are safe and able to come alongside us and point us to Jesus, then we're we're just not going to be able to do this on our own. Our first practical tip can help us with focusing on the healer. It's the practice of journaling. Now, with chronic pain, there's a lot of talk about tracking your symptoms and possible triggers, which, which that's important, but that's, that's not what I'm talking about here. We are more than our symptoms and triggers. And for me, journaling has been a practice that has helped my mental, emotional, and spiritual health through the years. I've tried a number of different ways to journal, and the framework that I'm most consistent with is pretty simple and short. First, I write out three things that I'm grateful for from the day. I try to be as specific as possible, but it's, it's like a sentence for each one. And I'll be honest, on the hard days, they're super generic and broad, like I'm grateful for air. It's important though to be genuine And it's important to build your gratitude muscle for the days when everything feels like it's falling apart. After the three things I'm grateful for, I write my feelings. The raw, unedited feelings. Now, sometimes this is a paragraph. Sometimes it's pages. Sometimes it's just a couple of sentences of like, I don't know what I'm feeling today. I'm just numb and I don't know why. After I get the feelings out, I sit in silence for a couple of minutes and give space for the Spirit of God to speak. I'll write down anything that I hear, but typically I move on to the last section. To wrap up the time, I spend time tending to my soul. It's basically positive self-talk, speaking to the gaps and pains in my heart. This last section of tending to my soul is probably the most impactful time of the journaling experience for me. It's a space where I can speak kindly to myself. 
to my soul and to speak back the truth of who God says I am and lament the things I need to. This section of journaling is modeled after the Psalms, where King David lamented, praised, doubted, questioned, and rejoiced to God. So that's the framework that I use for journaling. Three things I'm grateful for, my feelings, a couple minutes of silence, and then tending to my soul. Some days it's pages that I write, but most of the time it's just a short page. Have you tried journaling? What's been your experience? I'd love to hear in our Facebook group this week. You can join by clicking the link in the show notes. As we go through this week, may we remember to focus on the healer as we pursue healing and follow the path he has laid out for us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the Facebook group where we can continue the conversation.